The epistle for the third Sunday of Advent is taken from St. Paul's epistle to the Philippians, chapter 4. Brethren, rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Let your modesty be known to all men. The Lord is nigh. Be nothing solicitous, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your petitions be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the Holy Gospel. It's taken from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 1. At that time, the Jews sent from Jerusalem priests and Levites to John to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and did not deny, and he confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then art thou Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou the prophet? And he answered, No. They said therefore unto him, Who art thou that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. And they that were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said to him, Why then dost thou baptize, if thou be not Christ, nor Elias, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there has stood one in the midst of you whom you know not. The same is he that shall come after me, who is preferred before me the latchet of whose shoe I am not worthy to lose. These things were done in Bethania, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. Brethren, rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. These words are taken from the epistle of today's Mass in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Some of you may have heard of, or might even remember in the news, a famous photograph taken in 1990, just over 30 years ago, a photograph which is now known as the Pale Blue Dot. And it's actually a photograph of our planet Earth taken from space. And the amazing thing about this picture and why it was such a big deal was that this picture was shot from about 4 billion miles away from Earth. The spacecraft, the Voyager 1, uh, that took this picture was on a special mission collecting data and information about the different planets and stars outside our solar system. And so the spacecraft, the Voyager 1, traveling away from Earth, had actually left our solar system. And on its way out, the team that was programming it had the Voyager turn around and take one last picture of our entire solar system. 
Looking at this picture, one can see, as I said, the entire solar system, a vast black ocean with all its stars, planets, and moons. And if you look closely in the picture, you could see that there is one tiny blue dot. It's almost a speck, almost like a piece of dust on the picture. And this little blue speck is our planet Earth. Our planet is one tiny dot in our whole solar system. And our solar system is just one in our galaxy. And our galaxy is just one galaxy in the entire universe. Scientists actually estimate that there are over two billion galaxies in the universe. And so this photo has become known as the pale blue dot because our planet Earth appears as a tiny blue dot from space. And it is truly an incredible picture. It really shows, or rather gives a glimpse of just how vast the universe is and how tiny our planet is, how tiny we are compared to the vastness of the universe. I like this picture in particular because it is, in a certain sense, it is like looking at our solar system from God's point of view, so to speak. But unfortunately, at the time of this picture, when it was taken, Many physicists, scientists, mathematicians, many of whom are atheists today, atheists meaning that they deny the existence of God, or they say that God does not care about his creation. Many of these say that with all the new discoveries of science, with the pictures that we have from space, such as this photo of the pale blue dot, They say it is clear not only how vast the universe is, but they say it is clear how insignificant Earth is. The creatures on Earth, how insignificant man is. You see, my dear faithful modern scientists try to twist the truth and say that there is nothing special about man. He's just a beast. Look, they say. We're just another planet in this vast ocean of stars and planets. If there was a God, they say, and if he did care about us, then certainly he would have made Earth special. There's a famous physicist, uh, Stephen Hawking, who passed away in 2018. But in an interview in 2011, he said, we are such insignificant creatures on a minor planet of an average star in the outer suburb of one of a hundred billion galaxies. And so Stephen Hawking, who was an authority, and still is one to whom many look to in the field of science and math, Stephen Hawking made this conclusion. He said, it is difficult to believe in a God. 
or if there is a God, it is difficult to believe that he would care about us, that he would even notice our existence. And my dear faithful, in a certain sense, Stephen Hawking is right. It is difficult to believe that the almighty and omnipotent God would care about us. For in one sense, we are truly insignificant when compared to him. When we look at the picture of our planet from outer space, see how small we are. We are just one tiny planet out of literally a million other planets and stars. We can easily wonder, well, why would God care? But my dear faithful, the the discoveries of modern technology do not prove atheism as Stephen Hawkins falsely believed. In reality, the discoveries of modern technology actually prove the depth of the love God has for us. For my dear faithful, despite our seeming tininess, God became a man for us. He came down from heaven to this earth, this pale blue dot, and God became as one of us to redeem us from our sins. When King David was a young shepherd boy, tending his sheep in the open fields, King David had similar thoughts to that of Stephen Hawking. However, the shepherd boy had a completely different point of view. King David said in the Psalms, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which ye have set in place, King David asks God, he says, What is man that you are so mindful of him? In other words, David is asking God, What do you see in us? I look at your creation all around me, a sky full of stars, all the moons. Everything you have created shows me how great and how magnificent you are. What do you see in man who often do nothing but complain and offend you by their sins? Why does God love man so much? St. Louis de Montfort tells us, he gives us the answer. He says, the reason for this affection of God for man is this. Man is the summary of all of God's wonders. Man is God's living image, his representative on earth. And from the moment when out of his exceeding love for man... God became like unto him by taking on his human nature, meaning by becoming a man himself, and he died to redeem him. Man is loved by God as a brother, as a friend. Man is the price of his blood, and thus he was made 
the heir to his kingdom. You see, our souls have been made to God's own image and likeness. And thus, God has a special concern. He has a fatherly love for us. And so, my dear faithful, in this sense, we are very important, very significant creatures. We are so important in the eyes of God that St. Thomas, considering all that God has done for us, St. Thomas Aquinas says, God acts as though we were his God. And this is especially true when we consider how man often treats God. God could have destroyed us his creation, in a justified anger when man offended God. However, St. John reminds us, God so loved the world as to give us his only begotten son. God did not simply crush our tiny world in his hands, as he very well could have. He did not leave us to be condemned to the eternal pains of hell. But instead, he sent us his own son to save us. And St. Augustine says, says, in giving us his son, he could give us nothing more. God does not want to lose you, you who are his treasured creation. To think about this during Advent. There's a Christmas story that I would like to tell you. I believe I've told you before. A Christmas story that helps further illustrate the love of God for man. One Christmas night, St. Jerome was in the Grotto of Bethlehem, all absorbed in the mysteries of the birth of our Savior. When the infant Jesus suddenly appeared to him, resplendent with light, And the little child said, Jerome, what dost thou give me for my birthday? Because Christmas is Christ's birthday. St. Jerome said, Divine infant, I give you my heart. And the Christ child said, That is well, but give me something more. So St. Jerome said, I give you all the prayers, all the affections of my heart. But the Christ child said, that is better. Still, I want you to give me something more. And St. Jerome was at a loss for words, so he said, I give thee all that I have and all that I am. And still the Christ child said, there is still something more I desire you to give me. St. Jerome said, divine infant, I have nothing more. What is it that you still wish I should give to you? And the little Jesus said, Jerome, give me thy sins. What will you do with them? St. Jerome said. And the Christ child said, 
Give me thy sins that I may pardon them all. And St. Jerome began to sob so filled with love for this divine child. That, my dear faithful, is what Christmas is all about. God becoming a man to take away our sins because he does value and he loves us so much. And that's why uh, St. Paul tells us in the epistle of today's Mass, he says, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. We have great cause, my dear faithful, to rejoice. Because no matter what difficulties we have in our lives, whatever crosses we have, the disappointments, the very anti-Catholic world that we live in, we can rejoice because we realize, unlike so many in the world today, we realize that God does care about us, that he loves us. He has a burning love for us in his most sacred heart. We have every reason to rejoice because of this infant Christ, born of the most beautiful Virgin Mary. Christ is our salvation, and he has restored us so that by the sacraments and his grace, we can attain heaven and be happy with him forever. But my dear faithful, in our rejoicing, let us not forget about the little Christ. And so let us then who are small, seemingly small, and live on this pale blue dot, let us always remember that we are not small in the eyes of God, that we are the price of his blood. And let us be moved, my dear faithful, Let us be moved by God's burning love for us and each and every day strive to love his most sacred heart more and more. May God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.